Welcome back, boys, to another Tiger Hawk podcast. Got a lot in store for you guys today, alongside my partner, Chris Guys. We have three uh, things we're looking forward to for the upcoming season. The recent breaking news. Updates for you guys later on towards the end. So, Chris, why don't you get forward? What's the first thing you're looking for in this upcoming season? Well, today season? is September 1st, and we are in single digits now until week one. So, there's a couple of things that I'm looking forward to in week one. And first on my list is the new look for the New England Patriots. Um, they got Cam Newton at quarterback, obviously. No more Tom Brady over there. So, I guess you could say how he's doing over in Tampa Bay is another thing to look at. But mainly, I'm just looking at to see how Bill Belichick and the Patriots overcome those opt-outs, how they overcome the departure of Tom Brady, uh, how they overcome the departure of Rob Gronkowski and the new look of the AFC East. I, that's that's big right there, uh, the New England Patriots. So I have a similar week one uh, big topic, and that is what's the impact that the new players on new teams are going to have in week one? Is it going to be a big impact? Will be impactful towards the season? And like you said, you have Cam Newton, a big impact to a team. If he's a starting QB in New England, what's going to happen week one? What's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins being signed? What's going to happen with now Logan Ryan being signed to a, a young Giants secondary team? It's all these new impacts to different teams, like the defense upgrades for the Cowboys. What's going to happen with them? Are they going to now be the number one team in the division? So it's really – week one is really going to bring a big test to – the football world to see if these players that are newly impacting these teams can definitely affect their new team to make them a better team, maybe make them a worse team than they already were. Um, so I'm going to go to my second one. I know Chris agrees with this one. A big one that we think is a very, very big news that still hasn't became out yet is where Clowney is going to end up. Is Clowney even going to sign to a team by week one? Is the real question. We haven't heard any news about Clowney. About signing somewhere. Um, I have not so heard anything about Clowney. I mean, I know he wants to go to a championship team. Um, he's not going to sign long term if he does. I don't think this late. There's no way that you wait till it's almost a week before the season and then he's going to get a long term deal. I just don't think that's realistic. And and if the Seahawks bring him back and if he goes back to Seahawks, that defense is going to be deadly. With the new acquisition of Jamal Adams like an impact player to the team. And now Clowney, plus their D-line, they had the win, wasn't awful last year, plus the second day they already have, plus the offense. That could be a deadly weapon coming into the season if Clowney re-signed the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, Clowney's obviously going to be an impact player. I think the core surgery that he had in the offseason and the offseason caliber where you couldn't bring guys in um, as much definitely hurt his ability to sign with the team. So I think – if a deal does get done, it's going to be at the buzzer right before week one. And I don't know if we're going to see him on the field as much week one because of how late it is. Or you could see him mm-hmm. sign after the season starts where a team is in need of a pass rusher. They realize because of an injury or because of a hole that opens up. But, uh, yeah, and my second thing that I was looking for is an imp- something that impacts all the players and coaches and everyone around the football community, and that's the impact of having no fans in the stadiums. Um, I think it definitely has an impact you see in other sports, uh, baseball more specifically, because they're not in a bubble, that you see the players don't seem 
as into it. And football is a sport where you need the fans to keep you going. Um, the players feed off the fans almost, I would say. Uh, we'll see how it impacts teams that like the Seahawks and the Chiefs who have stadiums that are always packed and always loud. Um, but yeah, I think the impact of having no fans is going to be huge. I think that's a, that, that impact will probably be one of the biggest impacts, especially in week one, to see how the players react to not having the fans cheer them on in the middle of the game or in any aspect of the way the fans could enhance the players to play harder, play to the contact. Um, but talking about players and talking about playing through, I'm going to move on to my third and final point that I look, I'm looking forward to for the upcoming season, especially week one. It's how the two teams that I've hyped up the most this entire time in the offseason during the podcast and everything they've done correctly are the Cardinals and the Browns. Now, the question is, with what they've done in the offseason by signing more people to add more to their team, to drafting, I think, really well for their team and the needs they needed, to doing everything they needed to do, are they able in week one to show that they are a playoff contending team or are they going to go back to the same status they did before? I think the Cardinals and the Browns have done everything correctly right now to showcase that they are a truly playoff team. But week one is going to be the tell, the tell story to see if they're a playoff team or they just a team battling for a playoff spot and are going to be in the same scenario they were last year. Those are definitely two big. teams not only to look out for for week one, but the entire season to me because they are a team yeah, that, that is going to be agree. on the bubble of that playoffs. And who knows, maybe they surprise some people and they could be the San Francisco 49ers of 2019 and go from worst to first. So... It's definitely something to look out for. And talking about the offseason and new changes to teams, there's a specific matchup, not a team in general, but the <clears> Brady <throat> versus Breeze matchup in week one. Um, the Bucks Saints. Those two teams are two teams that teams are expecting to make the playoffs because of the talent that they have. And I think the Brady's versus Breeze rivalry that is going to be going on for at least two years is going to overcome the Peyton Manning-Brady rivalry that was in the past. Um, It's definitely going to be fun to watch, and I think it's going to be one of the most watched games in week one. And it's going to be one of those games that come down right down to the wire because of the two people that are leading those teams. So, of course, that is one of the things I would be looking out for in week one. Um, Moving on to our first news topic we had yesterday, and that was... Logan Ryan, who was a free agent that had waited a very long time at home, waiting to get signed by a new team, and now he's coming home to New Jersey and playing for the New York Giants. Personally, I do not disagree with this move. Um, I think Logan Ryan is a very – he's not a star cornerback, but he's definitely a solid cornerback. And I think for the amount that they got him at $7.5 It was definitely a boost for their defense. Um, I definitely think it's going to help when you go up against teams that have good wide receivers in that division, like the Dallas Cowboys, because now you have Bradbury, um, you have Logan Ryan, and you have Jabril in that secondary. Um, It's unfortunate that Xavier McKinney got hurt, but hopefully he comes back by the end of the year, because hopefully the Giants will still be alive. Um, But, yeah, Logan Ryan. Uh, I mean – 
And you can answer that better. Um, the one thing that I think you missed, though, too, is the Giants' secondary is still quite young, um, if you think about it, the players that have. I mean, Bradbury, as much as he's a big signer, he's still a young guy. So being in the Logan Ryan, who's had experience in the league and not being a bad cornerback and being still a decent cornerback in the league, you're bringing him in for a one-year deal to develop with the young guys. And maybe he even plays a little safety if, one of our young cornerbacks, the guy we got in the draft. Uh, the, the Giants got a guy in the draft from a UCLA, uh, Holmes. Maybe he develops to be a very solid cornerback, developing with Logan Ryan. And they move Logan Ryan to safety before McKinney comes back. And then they have other guys for the future that Logan Ryan helped develop, which is a big thing. And I think that's another reason they went out and got a Logan Ryan type guy instead of somewhere else to help him develop the younger guys at the same time try to help them win games and hopefully make the playoffs that coming season. And I definitely think but, that, uh, that Logan Ryan signing just proves that the Giants mentality going into this season is that they're ready to win. Um, they obviously believe in Daniel Jones. They built the defense around him. Uh, now it's all up to Daniel Jones. I mean, he's a guy that has to take the next step, <clears throat> just like Josh Allen in Buffalo. Um, the Giants put the pieces around him. Now he's just got to take the team and run with it. Uh, I couldn't agree more with that. And, I think signing him to a one-year deal, Logan Ryan, uh, it proves that they're ready to make a playoff push because you're the Giants are in that window where it, it's right before the t- time where they're going to have to start paying people because they have Saquon Barkley, who's obviously a great running back and to be one of the all-time greats. They're going to have to pay him soon. They have Daniel Jones, who they're eventually going to have to pay. And they're in that window where it's time to get those guys on rookie contracts and make a push for the playoffs and make a deep playoff push before you have to – hit your salary cap. And the Giants are one of the best teams in terms of salary cap. I mean, their salary cap is one of the lower ones in the NFL. And they don't have guys that are on long-term deals on that defense. So if they want to win, they have to do it now. And I think that's exactly what they're trying to put across with that Logan Ryan signing. I I love it. And maybe if to upgrade a D-line, I don't see it coming. But maybe if the Giants are making a push and no one just bounced on clown the week one. Maybe the Giants got the clowny for a small short-term deal. Yet again, that may not happen, but that happens. Giants fans are in for a treat this upcoming season. Talking about, though, and the big news that came out this week is Leonard Fournette. Talking about a guy that's been on a rookie contract and is waiting to be re-signed and then didn't get re-signed. And instead of getting being traded to a different team, as the head coach said, we were looking for a fifth or sixth round pick and didn't get traded, got cut from the Jaguars. So what does that mean for the Jaguars? And I say, what does that mean for Leonard Fournette? Like, it was so late in the season, in the offseason when we cut. Now, you got to think of a team that may need him. I mean, the only team that comes to my mind that may need him and be impactful right now, maybe the Patriots, maybe the Steelers. I highly doubt the Eagles. Um, maybe the Bills, if they really wanted to go in for it, maybe some uh, the Washington football team, maybe. There's definitely a team that can go in for him, but the question is how much of an impact will Fournette really have? He's a workhorse, and I've always, since he's been drafted, I've always had high hopes for him. I always loved him as a running back. I've drafted him this year in fantasy and the last year in fantasy. It's the question of what is Fournette going to do this offseason now that he is in the offseason and he still has not on a team. Where is he going to sign? Uh, He's a big well, now that cutdowns are starting, teams have to cut down to 53 rosters. I think you're going to have to wait a little while to see 
Leonard Fournette get onto a team because you have teams that have 75 players. They're still trying to make their cuts and get their roster together. But Leonard Fournette isn't the type of guy that's just going to be on the roster bubble. I mean, it was a surprise to some people that the Jaguars even cut him because they're, you see some people will be like, oh, I told you not to draft Leonard Fournette. He's not a good running back. He's a good running back. I mean, he's had pretty much 1,000 yards every year. He's the fourth overall pick. He's had 1,000 yards every season he's been in the league. Um, I think you could see teams that want that goal line guy or teams that want that power running guy because Fournette's not a receiving back. Well, he's a receive, not much of a receiving back, I should say. Um, but you could see teams like, the L.A. Rams, who have an experienced running backs back there and just grab Fournette right before week one or week two and have that running back, that power guy. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, who had questions behind their offensive line now with uh, Andre Dillard and Brendan Brooks being hurt. Now you bring in Leonard Fournette to help Miles Sanders. Um, there's a bunch of teams that can definitely use Fournette because of his caliber running. Um, and I think he's going to be on the team. So it's definitely interesting to see a former Pro Bowl running back be cut. So close to the season, too. Um, talking about the Jaguars, um, you could definitely tell they're in rebuilding mode because they traded their best defender. And now Unique Ngakwe, one of the AFC, former AFC Championship team Jaguars, now moving on to Minnesota. And he took a pay cut to go to Minnesota. So there's obviously a trend down there in Jacksonville that they're definitely in full rebuild mode after getting rid of, I think Miles Jack is the only, and Keelan Cole are the two, I would say, big name guys that are still left on their AFC championship team from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Ngakwe is going mean, to... Um, that's big. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Ngakwe is going to make a immediate impact in Minnesota. I mean, they now have Daniil Hunter and... Um, Ningakwe on that defensive line along with Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks already. So, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see where the Jaguars are heading towards. I mean, they went out and they signed Big and Nick Foles. Didn't work out. They got rid of him. Now they're sticking to the young guy they got in going, uh, Minshew. Minshew Magic they got. Uh, they're trading away pieces on the defense. They're trading. They cut Fournette. Um, so I think Ningakwe is a definitely big factor to going onto a new team. And hopefully he had a very solid impact on the team. And we'll see what the Jaguars end up doing with the draft picks they were able to secure for him. And hopefully they rebuild sooner rather than later with what they have already to store for them. Um, but I do miss this, and I don't want to miss how Tiger walk. So we're talking a lot about the Jaguars. We're talking about the defense and the offense. I'm going to go ahead and just say Leonard Fournette. Can I go off the week? Chris, do you agree with that? 100%. Leonard Fournette, again, someone that got cut, broke the news. No better Tiger Hawk. But back to the Ngakwe and the Jaguars in general. I mean, you look at their offseason as a whole, and they lost a lot of guys. I mean, before even this offseason, they traded Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. Blake Bortles, mm -hmm. who was supposed to be their franchise quarterback, also went to the Rams. Allen Robinson went to the Bears. Fournette is gone now. Ngakwe. Would you be surprised if you see Miles Jack, another guy? I mean, I think he got paid his contract extension, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's another guy that wants out of Jacksonville. 
because that's going to take a long time to rebuild. That, I mean, oh, and Kalias Campbell, another one that also left and went to Baltimore. Arizona. Baltimore. Maybe the Arizona for a bit too. Yes. Um, um, it, it's, it's something to look out for. It's something to look out for is how the Jaguars are going to approach this season. Are they going to approach that we're going to try to trade our pieces that we have for more draft picks? Or are they going to keep what they have and – Keep vote around even, Jack. Maybe like Jack Feathers even next him. year and vote around even Jack. Next, uh, off season, I mean, many people are predicting the Jaguars have the number one overall pick, and rightfully so after their off season. Do they take Trevor Lawrence? Because they already have Gardner Minshew, um, mm-hmm. and he seems to be one of those guys that is staying in Jacksonville. Obviously, so that's a question that we're looking forward to being yeah. answered. It's that's big news too. Um, it's whenever you have a team that you see are going full out and there's getting rid of the guys in the team, you always question and see what is next for this team. So now the big question is what is next for the Jaguars? And the question is, we're moving into our next topic anyways, as we talk about is what is next for them and are they going to be the worst team getting the first pick? Um, um, so, Chris, who do you have as your worst pick? Would you have your best pick? Because this is moving right into well, our next topic here. My worst record in the NFL is obviously the Jaguars. Um, they just don't have the team. Couldn't agree more with that. And I think they're going to get the number one overall pick. It's just going to be what do they do with that number one overall pick. But even then, this whole coronavirus thing has an impact on the draft next year because you're not going to see those guys, some of those guys play in college. For example, as of right mm-hmm. now, I should say, Justin Fields could be a potential top pick that you're not going to be able to see play. Um, but what do they do with that number one pick? I don't know. Because a quarterback is not a need, but it's something that you get the number one pick for. He, who knows? Maybe they're using the number one pick as trade bait. The number one pick can go to someone else. They could trade it. Couldn't agree more. Um, but, yeah, that would be my worst record. I, I see it. I mean, from what the we were talking about, the Jaguars basically going full send and getting rid of their star players. Is make complete sense why Jaguars being the worst team. So I'm gonna go do my worst team, and I'm gonna stick with the I'm gonna go with the Washington football team. Um, I as much as they got Chase Young, an impact that you have in defense. I don't think they have the pieces right now to be a very good team in the NFL. So I think they will have one of the worst records in the NFL. Um, I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins at all. He didn't really show much last season in there. He had spurts of good moments. I definitely think Kendrick's good at that. I just don't think he is the guy that can run a franchise. Um, their defense isn't amazing. Their O-line isn't amazing. Um, they have a new coach coming in, so it's a question that can what Rene Rivera can do to that team to make them a better team. That's why I have been watching the football team as the worst team in the, uh, the NFL this I... season. Agreed with maybe one point that you had in there. I disagree with that. And as a fan of a team in NFC East, I will not reveal that yet. I think the Washington football team will not even have a top five pick in next year's draft. I think with Ron Rivera, who's been one of I'm Ron, Ron Rivera, Rivera who's a very successful coach. Um, and I think Dwayne Haskins has the ability. I mean, you showed it. He did show it in the last two games. He showed it a little bit, not not, not as much. They as didn't. They were they never fully expect. committed to making Dwayne Haskins a starter, and they're still not. So I think. Agreed. I'm going to agree with that. So that that's another question. 
But I think you give Dwayne Haskins that start in week one, let him develop. They have um, Terry McLaurin over there, who's been his guy at Ohio State before. And they have Chase Young, um, who I think is going to be a freak in the NFL. I think I I think the football team has a top five pick? No. Top ten? Yes. I think they would be a top ten NFL pick in the draft next year. I do not think they'll have the number one pick or the worst draft. I can't see top ten. I can see – Top five. Jags definitely. Jets. I can see top I can put five. The Jets up there. I can see the Jets. Uh, the Bengals. I can see the Jets up there, there bro. Again. Dolphins, you never know. Um, there's plenty of teams mm-hmm. that I think can have the worst record other than the Washington football team. And I do agree, the defense isn't terrible. It really isn't with Chase Young. It's not at all, but there's, you need more to a defense than one guy. They have different guys, but they don't have the impact players that you need to develop. They have a solid defense defense line that they've drafted. Um, and they got the, the only question, John from last the year. receivers aren't great, but that's something that you can fix with one guy. I mean, Terry McLaurin's a great receiver. They need that number two guy, and they're all right. Um, but I do agree with their offensive line. I think they're going to be one of the worst in the NFL because they just got rid of Trent Williams. But, again, I don't really – that's something that's pretty hard to predict, if you ask me. But moving on to our mm-hmm. best record, I would have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. They have one of the easiest schedules and one of the best rosters on paper. I mean, they already have the reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson, and now you added all those pieces on defense with Kalias Campbell and Patrick Queen, and they already have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters on the outside in their secondary. Yes, they did lose Earl Thomas, but they still have some pretty solid safeties back there with Chuck Clark. So, and they also had another running back for the team, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, who came out of state, high hopes, very solid running back. So, to complement with Mark Ingram back in the backfield, it's a definitely big step up to the running game for them in Baltimore. Um. And I couldn't agree with that pick anymore. I mean, I think it's obvious to say that the Ravens are the best schedule. And I see that. I was going to pick the Ravens. But as my partner picked, I don't think we should be picking the same teams all the time. So I went with the Kansas City Chiefs. Another team that you can say has really lost much. Uh, was able to sign their guys to a bigger contract. They have Mahomes on the team. Mahomes is a freak on the football field. So, I mean, there's not really much to say about the fact that the Chiefs, if – they can continue to the way they dominated the season last year. They're definitely going to be a top team, probably being raced for the best record in the NFL. I think the Chiefs was another good pick for best record. I mean, it's scary how long those guys are there, still there for. Um, they didn't lose anybody in the offseason. They they I mean, did they add anyone? Who did they end up adding? I don't think they added anyone too big, but yeah. let me just get one thing mm-hmm. clear. They have Tyreek Hill under contract, Mahomes under contract, Kelsey under contract, Chris Jones under contract. And then last night, very late, they signed Andy Reid and their GM to a six-year contract extension. So they have their entire Super Bowl core of that team together for at least six more years. And it's pretty scary. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's pretty scary. Dangerous. Anyway. I couldn't agree more with that. Um. To talk about our podcast in general, uh, since the season is coming very soon, 
we are moving to try and bring to you two podcasts a week where every Monday we'll be recapping the week that had happened um, and, every Friday. And give, we'll be, and give you a little bit of news. Friday we will be doing some predictions and something like this where we just talk about the upcoming week. So, yeah. And then we also encourage that you now check out Thrive Fantasy. It is a platform where you can place bets. You sign up and you make a deposit and use code HAWK0810 to receive $20 on your first deposit. Yep. Uh, Don't forget, forget, please look out for our podcast. Like my partner Chris said, we're going to try to give you guys two podcasts a week. Going to give you as much news as possible. I think we're going to do a different type of podcast up to this upcoming week, so stay tuned for that. That is going to be a little different on how we do our next podcast. Um, check out the Fantasy. Use our promo code Hawk0810. Um, use that. Help us out. Subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. We're using Instagram more now. Follow us on Instagram. I know Instagram is not big, but. Like, comment, anything. Give us your feedback so we can give you guys the best products the, uh, and the best information you guys want to hear out of us. So with that, I mean, Chris, you got anything else? Because I think we've had a solid podcast here. Uh, nope. Just like, comment, subscribe. Sounds good. Take a out.